Psalm 100, as I was reading and meditating upon this this morning, it was a great blessing. I It was wonderful. And I was really quite thankful that Rick had mentioned this because it uh, it was a great help to me just meditating upon it. This is a psalm of joy. This is a psalm of gladness and praise. You cannot get away from that. It is... It is what this psalm is all about. And just some thoughts about it. The first verse, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. That's the part that I want to focus on, all ye lands. This command to make a joyful noise is applicable to all lands. And I was in Scotland there for the last week and a half or so. And this is not something that's relegated to the Scottish people, the UK people. The Lord has done great things for them. You see all the history. You can't help but see and notice all the amazing history. This is where, this is the place where giants walked. Giants in the faith. And it's a wonderful thing. But this gospel, this privilege, this joyful sound is not relegated to that part of the world. It's not relegated to the UK. It's not relegated to America. This is for all lands. This joyful noise, and by the way, a joyful noise can only stem from a joyful news. You have to have joyful news in order to make joyful a joyful noise. And that joyful news is the glad tidings. It's what the the angels announced with Christ's birth. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. This is the joyful noise. It stems from the joyful news. And it's for all lands. That's the part I want us to understand. It's for all lands. It doesn't matter if there's a restricted access country. That doesn't matter. There is no restrictions uh, for this joyful news. So you can go into a place like uh, North Korea or China or where our brother Matt is out there in Cambodia where it's dominated by other gods and religions this is for them. It's for all lands. And even though it might not be welcome, this news may not be welcome, it is for all lands. So that we can go into any country, we can approach any territory and any people group, and we can approach any culture even. And this is for them. It's not just for the Europeans or, or the Americans. This is for every people, all people, all ye lands. Christ said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody needs to hear this. Uh, let's see. Everybody needs to hear this news. And... God commands all men everywhere to repent. So this is a news for all lands. And I want us to feel the 
the joyfulness of that, the weight of that, this is not just something for a, a select group of people. It's not just for the Jews. This is for all of us. And it's our commission to go to every person. So it doesn't matter who's sitting beside us on the plane. So I had a chance to speak with um, a lady from Kazakhstan. And she had zero knowledge of the gospel and of religion really generally. But you can go to that person. You can go to anybody. You can be seated to with beside anybody on any plane in any country, anywhere, and it's for them. It's for all lands. And that's a wonderful thing. I love that thought. But the, the thought that I want to really dwell on would be verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. You know, I think that most of us would say that we are endeavoring to serve the Lord in our contexts, whether we're missionaries or pastors or lay people. We are endeavoring to serve the Lord. And I think that we could honestly say that. But the qualifier here is the part that I have some difficulty with in my own experience. To serve the Lord with gladness. And that's the part that I think, if we're honest, we do struggle with. So this would be the challenge for us here this morning, this afternoon. Is that in all of our serving, in all of our coming before His presence, even now, as we come before the Lord in prayer, certainly as we come before the Lord in worship on the Lord's day, it should be with gladness. It should be with singing and joyfulness. The Lord does not want to see a discouraged, depressed, downcast people. There is something beautiful about praise. Praise is comely. And it's beautiful to the Lord, for sure. But you know, it's also beautiful to those around us. When you see a Christian truly rejoicing in the Lord, and despite their circumstances, by the way, and I was thinking about this this morning, what robs us of our joy? I think, in a word, the cares of the world. Cares. The cares cloud the sun. The joy. They do. It could be that we don't have uh, we have bills to pay. We don't have. We don't know wherewithal we'll be able to pay them. It could be that there's relational uh, disappointments in our lives, and all these things uh, uh, burden us. And the and the cares of these things they can cloud the joy. And it's hard for us then to really, you know, rejoice. It is hard for us to rejoice. The best we can do is just put on a plastic smile. The best we can do is just show up on Sunday and and put on a, a show of rejoicing. But that's not really happening in our heart. And that's the challenge. And as I was thinking about that, my mind was brought to that passage in Nehemiah. If you remember, that wonderful verse, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Okay, well, what's the context of that? The context of that is that uh, 
the people were in a state of mourning and sorrow and weeping. If you remember, they were in a state of, of discouragement, real weeping. But what happened next is that Nehemiah encouraged them to, yes, rejoice in the Lord, but he gave three, he, he mentioned something three times. He said, this day is holy. I'm going to pull it up here because it was very helpful thinking about. This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep. He said again, This day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And then the Levites, they stilled the people. Hold your peace, for the day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. See, how do you take a people that were in this state of real discouragement and and grieving and sorrow and bring them now into a state where they are rejoicing, so much so that the joy of the Lord is their strength. That's what I want to know. You can't just tell people, hey, rejoice. You can't just tell them that and then expect that to be the reality of the outcome. Like I said, the best we can do is put on a plastic smile. But how do you convert a, a genuinely sorrowful heart, like many of us have, because of the cares of the world, into joy? Well, I think the key is that this day is holy. What day is holy? What day is holy? This day is holy unto our Lord. The, the day is holy. And I could be wrong on this, but the only thought that I had in thinking of a day that is holy is the Lord's day. The day that is holy, the Sabbath day. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. It's a day set apart. And if you look at the command, the reason why we keep the Sabbath day, is not just so that we can enjoy rest, although that is a big part of it. It's not simply because the Lord wants us to have a day where we're not working. Of course, that's all part of it. But the real thing there is what we find in Deuteronomy. When that when the second giving of the laws is, is, takes place, when it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it whole, it goes on to say, because the Lord redeemed you with his strong arm out of Egypt, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. But the idea is there is a redemptive idea in keeping the Sabbath day. It is now that we are no longer slaves and working, working, working. We can rest in what Christ has done. So that has to be the key for taking our mourning and our weeping and our sorrow and bringing us into this state where we can truly rejoice no matter what circumstances we face 
And so as we pray to the Lord, even now, let's come into his, before his presence with rejoicing. Not because we're going to whip ourselves up into a state or have um, what that uh, liberal preacher called the power of positive thinking. Oh, we're just gonna, we're going to, um, we're going to force our minds into this positive state. No, it's not that. What it is is that. Remember, the day is holy unto the Lord. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with a strong arm. We're redeemed. We have reason to rejoice. The children of the Lord have a right to shout and sing. We are the only ones really on the planet who have reason to rejoice, who have a right to shout and sing. And so, let's come before his presence with singing and with rejoicing. And let it be not because we're forcing ourselves into a positive frame of mind, but because we are dwelling and resting on the fact that we are redeemed. It go, this psalm goes on to talk about the Lord, all caps, L-O-R-D, the Lord, he is God. This is the covenant name of God. In other words, this is, this is the name that we can take great comfort in. He does not change. I am that I am. That's the Lord, Jehovah. And it's, he doesn't change. He keeps his word. He keeps his promises to his people. He's covenantally bound to us. Plenty of reason to enter into his gates with thanksgiving, being thankful unto him. Bless his name for the Lord. Again, the covenant Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generation. He doesn't change. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Amen. Let's come before his presence with joy.